the new Scooby-Doo movies complete collection on Blu-ray. Cool. Harlem Globetrotter, Dick Van Dyke, Three Stooges, Jonathan Winters, Don Knotts, Mama Cass, Lawler and Hardy, Batman and Robin, Speed Buggy. Um... to a brand new episode of Isle of the Damned. I'm Brian, and Kent is here as always. Kent, how are you? And you t- you just came back from a relaxing vacation, so you should be rested and ready to talk movies. You know you would know think. But <laughs> <laughs> or not. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> I am aggressively so tired, but still, <laughs> let us muddle okay. through. I hear you. Uh, but yeah, so we're back, and we're going to talk about a couple of movies that are out now. Um, I don't know. I usually do small talk thing, but I'm just kind of uh, not thinking or anything exciting to say. So why don't we just jump right in? Um, you saw a movie that I did not see, so you're going to start off with uh, your thoughts on that movie. Yeah, well, I did see Disney's Reimagining, which is <laughs> what they're now calling all of their... Uh, all of their live-action versions of their animated classics of uh, Dumbo. So I guess that makes Tim Burton a reimagineer. And, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Dumbo is incredibly bland and astoundingly <laughs> mediocre. And there's just a lot of things that don't make sense about it, especially when you compare it to the beloved original that basically saved the studio when... The European right. market was gone during World War II, but uh, as you may expect, seeing as how the original is just over an hour long and is the shortest feature that the company ever released, and the new one is two hours long, <laughs> they have changed a lot about the story. Like, instead of Dumbo actually being the main character, he is now just uh, a side character and it focuses on a circus family. Which, admittedly, one of the things that works about the movie is Colin Farrell, who is a World War vet who comes back minus an arm, a job, and a wife. And uh, one of his kids has turned into Captain Marvel, because she seemingly can't express emotion. But the idea of a guy who feels like he doesn't belong anywhere and has what he considers to be a physical deformity that can sort of parallel Dumbo's big ears, whatever, I mean, that's alright. It works enough that he's able to make something out of it. The other thing that surprisingly works is the flying sequences. They're super whimsical and fun the way that Burton used to feel a lot. Mm. And dare I say and sound like a weirdo, they're even a little magical in that way that Tim Burton has not felt in a long time. It's just too bad that the rest of the movie isn't really up to that level. Eva Green is all right. She's mostly just window dressing, unfortunately. Danny DeVito's a highlight because he's Danny DeVito. Alan Arkin shows up playing Alan Arkin in a tux. <laughs> it just feels completely out of sync with everything else in the movie. So. 
I don't know. It's odd, and not just in a Tim Burton way, but about a third of the way into the movie, Michael Keaton shows up, and he's basically playing an evil Walt Disney. He's even got a diesel punk Disneyland called Dreamland. And wow. Even with some of the things that Disney has been doing lately, I still find it odd that they would make a $200 million screed against themselves. <laughs> but the screenplay being this jumbled mess of contradictions does not surprise me, considering that the author is best known for the last few Transformers movies, Scream 3 and the Ghost in the Shell remake. <laughs> Yeah. In fact, I think The Ring is just about the only thing he's done that is well-regarded. But uh, I am going to get a bit into spoiler territory here, so you might skip ahead a couple of minutes if you do plan to see it. If I'm being really honest, the movie sort of had me for a little while. I didn't love it, but I was interested in it enough for it to keep my interest. But then it just devolves into this cliche and uh, has a bunch of woke platitudes and here's the thing I hate the circus I have never liked it I've never gotten that whole nostalgia for it and a large part of that is the fact that I hate clowns and I mean to uh, like an absurd and unreasonable degree I, I just hate them but the one thing I hate more than the circus is Cirque du Soleil <laughs> which is nothing but clowns in rejected Renfair outfits doing yoga. And they're walking around like they're fun and whimsical, and they're just walking nightmares. And and that's basically how the movie ends, with the circus being turned into a proto-cirque and a bunch of animal liberation garbage where they talk about not keeping animals, except for horses, conveniently and forgetting that elephants have been domesticated for thousands of years and that Dumbo is only known captivity. But, hey, I, it, I guess that's what you want if you don't want Twitter to complain about the ending. So, <laughs> I mean, personally, I like the ending of the original where it just builds to the point where Dumbo finally flies, and you can't see by making hand gestures here, and, and it and shows everyone, and... That that's basically the end where you hit this big crescendo, and in this one that feels like they just slapped on the ending regardless of how much sense it makes. So, I'm uh, yeah, I'm not really a fan. Uh, I think that it could have been a better movie, but there's not really a reason for it to exist in the first place. No, I was just gonna say it seems like I didn't see it, of course, but um, re seeing the online and even critic reaction, fan reaction. The other ones, like Beauty and the Beast, and what's the other one that I'm, the Jungle Book, they may have not been needed, but people, for whatever reason, were like, oh, you know, they're not that bad, even though Beauty and the Beast I've heard is terrible. But this one, most people are kind of like, yeah, this is not good. It, not saying it's terrible, but like, yeah, me, like you said, mediocre. I've heard very just no point to it, and to the point of it was like someone neutered Tim Burton and not even in a good way. For the people that like his weird style, there's not even really that in there. It's sort of just like this bland movie that makes no sense of why they made it and they abandoned the the stuff that made the original what it was and just kind of like you said shoehorned in different things and it's just kind of like yeah. okay again in, in the ahead. original it the animal characters are all very personified and right. it's, they they have a lot of human characteristics and this in one this one anywhere, yeah. yeah they sort of do that a little bit with dumbo but because it's nowhere else in the movie it feels sort of weird when they do it. Right. And so they don't have 
Timothy to Mouse, they cut the crows out because obviously they were going to cut the crows out. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously they wouldn't have had those in there in the first. But yeah, but I know what you're saying. It takes out a lot. Like you said, the original was not a long movie. I remember as a kid, it seemed like it was two hours. But like I rewatched it a couple years ago. I'm like, wow, this movie was that short. But like mm-hmm. it doesn't need it, it was the right amount of time that it needed to be. Like I don't understand why. Like, oh, because it's live action. We need to make it in this epic. And, and the funny part. thing is that wasn't really even Walt's A-team on that movie. That was, they were making Bambi, and Bambi was, had this huge budget, and it was taking forever, and the Silly Symphony guys are the ones that made Dumbo. I never knew that. And it ended up just making a fortune for them, which they really needed because World War II had just socked the company in the jaw. Right. So... But yeah, it's just it's funny to see like basically what I think the original was like what sixteen minutes, sixty two minutes, like, like yeah, sixty two, sixty three, something like that. It, it was yeah, short so, enough so like, that they if it hadn't been as well made as it was, right. it's possible that they wouldn't have been able to get it distributed as a feature. Right, because it's like it's barely it's even I can't even talk about a feature. Like, but I mean, you know, it's one of those things. But as a kid, like I said, you don't realize how long it is in your mind. But like. But yeah, it's like, I don't understand why it's like, well, not only to make it a two-hour movie, so you're basically adding an hour of new stuff that you have to come up with from scratch, and I know that was the whole point of this. I get this is not going to end anytime soon, you know, get Aladdin and Lion King, and but it's just, again, I, I still don't fail to see the point, except, well, we need to use these IPs that we have so we can mm-hmm. re-release them, and uh, did, uh, one thing I want to ask in a, in a serious, in a serious yeah. question, though, is... This is, uh, I think, Danny Elfman's first reconnection with Tim Burton in quite a while. How is the music or the score not even memorable enough to even say anything about? <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't really notice it at all, okay. which is better than a bad one, obviously. True, but it's not anything that stood out. Okay, just yeah, that was my only... In fact, you know. I'd say in all three of the movies that we watched this week, I, I wouldn't really say any of them floored me in the score department but none of them were so bad that they took away from the movies either right because i was gonna say in my mind second only to john williams superman elfman did for batman like that's the most memorable to me superhero theme of all time and you know that was the height of him and burton's careers in my opinion after you say nightmare for christmas is probably elfman's but yeah i just i it's funny that he's never really reached that level again like the stuff he's done but okay the Raimi Spider-Man movies was not good. Stuff he's done since then has not been good. But it seems like that, whatever it is, that, that Batman score was just like, even Batman Returns, those, those scores are just fantastic. You say what you will about the movies. I know you're not a fan of the movies, but the score is just like, it, it's like, it feels like Batman. I don't know how I got on this, but I'm sorry. I'm going on a tangent, so I'm going to stop now. <laughs> but uh, thank you for that review on Dumbo. As I go on to a tangent about Danny Elfman. Yeah, yeah um, well, as far as the music goes, I mean, they had... Original songs, they had like, Baby Mine... Mm-hmm. Which is sung by like one of the circus performers, and right. that's okay. It doesn't. It still feels a little bit forced, but not nearly as much as Pink Elephants. Which they have to have Pink Elephants in there because it's just probably the most iconic thing from the original, right. and right. in my opinion, one of the best animated sequences ever made in terms of just being pure animation. But they sort of shoehorn it into the movie, and it doesn't really work at all. And they don't even have anybody singing it, which is probably a good thing. But they're they're playing it while they have the pink elephant bubbles floating around. And yeah, I, it, 
given the rest of the movie, it felt like just too much of a step in the fantasy direction, which I know is really weird considering it's about a flying elephant, but like that's supposed to be the thing that is right. fantastic in this ordinary world. And instead it feels like if they can do what they do with the, the pink elephant sequence, then maybe it's not as special. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to really yeah. pinpoint exactly what the issue is, but that's probably as close as I'm going to get. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair, man. I, I, I apologize to our listeners, but yeah, I just, I couldn't bring myself, I haven't seen any of these live action Disney remakes, and even for the show, I'm just like, I, I just, the trailers, I, every time I started, I was just like, I can't sit through this, but I mean, I could, but I, well, you know, not, 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 you know, I was just, no, not gonna happen, and uh, I, I feel bad, but, and I hell, I'm definitely not gonna see Aladdin, because I would probably would just be me swearing on the podcast for, like, a review of it for the entire time, because that holds, like, a special place is one of my, like, favorite Disney movies as a kid and um they've I, got gonna... four of them coming out this year <laughs> if we, we include lion king which is animated as much yes. as they keep pretending that it's live action it's 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 live action no, I, 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 yeah it's it's cgi animated it's not it, there, there's no live action people in it there's no live action. yeah i know what you mean yeah because uh, you've got dumbo then you've got yep. aladdin then you've got yep. the lion king yeah and then you've got the Maleficent sequel. Oh, I forgot about yeah. Maleficent yeah, I, I didn't even know this was coming until like a oh. month ago. Yep, it was it was very like came out of nowhere. Like, it was in development, and I was like, oh, it's coming out this year. And it's like, wow, they rushed that. Into <laughs> like, we need to get year, some- next year. They've got Mulan. They're supposed to be working on Lady and the Tramp, um, and a version they- of One Hundred One. Dalmatians, another one because they already did a live action version. I was going to say, did they, two, they, the did two of, they did two of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this one's supposed to focus on Cruella DeVille, so. For fuck's sake. But we're so, gonna, did the, gonna, so did the last one. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't that the whole point of. At what point are we going to get to? Are they going to remake all of our company into live action movie? Like, when do we get to the really bad Disney? I'm trying to think, like, what are the, like, when are they going to, like, I would love Black Cauldron's live action. Like, that makes sense to me. But, like, some of these are just, like, why are we, why, like, when are we going to get Robin Hood with talking animals live action? Like, you, I love if Robin If you Hood, look at the Wikipedia page, which, granted, anybody can do, so who knows which of these will actually come up. Yeah. It's got the ones I mentioned, plus a new version of Pinocchio. Jesus Hunchback of Notre Dame, or Notre Dame, fuck, uh, yeah, no, I, Little Mermaid, and Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> what the fuck? All I picture is Lilo and Stitch being going to be like a little CGI alien to- uh, talking. It's not about. even 20 years old. Nope. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Jesus Christ. God damn it. You know, this whole Disney having owning everything may not be the best idea in the world. <laughs> Well, you yeah, think if I, they owned everything, they'd be able to come up with more cool. ideas than just remaking the things that they've already done. So what what would you claim is, like, your least favorite Disney animated feature? I'm just trying to think. Would, would you say the, 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 the Oliver and Company is the... Is the it's, it, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, what's the word? Brother Bear was pretty bad. Oh, I've never even seen that. Okay, fair enough. As, aside, <laughs> so, from, <laughs> aside from Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis as the moose... Um, <laughs> was that like was that like Rick Moranis' last fucking like major thing that he did? I think before he retired. It was one of the last things he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that but yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think if there's any others that are really bad that they're gonna make a friggin' thing out of. But yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm sorry. He did Brother Bear too. That was his last thing he ever did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, uh, 
And then during their kind of down period between when Walt died and their 80, late 80s renaissance, some of those are pretty bad. Like, uh, I, I was never a huge fan of the Rescuers or the Aristocats. Yeah, same. Uh, same. Oh, I was going to say the Aristocats are, yeah, no, that's not good. The Rescuers is not even, it's just like, it's whatever, and yeah, it just... Robin it, Hood yeah. has its moments, but I like, it, it yeah. also, like, recycles a bunch of animation and stuff. Oh, yeah, and characters, from, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not, it not but it, for what it is, I kind of enjoy it, because the songs are kind of catchy, and it's, 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 it's a breezy, easy watch for me, at least. I don't know why we're talking about this. We're going to talk about this anyways because I want to. So, but yeah, I, I like, and I think like, yeah, gotta make those... the show an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, we're moving on. Maybe someday we'll do a because a, a, Ken Deeps, you you know a lot of the behind the scenes. Like I didn't know all about that about Dumbo. So you know a lot of the behind the scenes. We will do a random uh, spinoff episode about like Disney animated feature films at some point because Kent knows a lot. Um, and I'm Fun interested. fact: Dumbo and Lilo and Stitch are the only Disney animated films to use watercolor backgrounds. <laughs> okay, did not know that either. There you go, we're wrong shit. <laughs> but, um, alright, let's move on to the next flick that we both saw. This one we both saw, as well as the next one we're talking about. But, um, so this is the Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out, which, of course, was sort of a momentous, like, I would say genre-shaking, big-talked-about thing. And so this follow-up, uh, his next movie would, no matter what, was going to be a big deal. And the trailers were good. Us uh, is a... To me, it's a strange film, and not as strong mm -hmm. as Get Out, but I liked it. Um, mm -hmm. the, just just to, to put a blanket statement before we get into detail. What about you, Ken? What what are, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I, obviously, yeah. we're gonna have to get into smaller territory because a lot of this is, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I also liked it. In fact, I'd go so far as to say I liked it a lot, and mm -hmm. I think that I liked it a little bit better than Get Out, which I also recommended, but I just didn't think it was the Oscar-winning masterpiece that a lot of people seem to think it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that there's definitely enough here to warrant a recommendation, and uh, very much so. Uh, basically, if you... Without getting into spoilers yet, right. if you stop to think about the plot for any length of time, the logic falls apart. That, that was one of the things I was going to talk about, but when we get into the spoiler, like, uh, it just, I feel like he had so many ideas for this movie, even yeah. more than Get Out, obviously, but some of them mm -hmm. don't necessarily make sense. But not to say that, that it, it doesn't hurt the movie, but if you spend any time, like you said, trying to figure it out, it kind of is. But again, this is a full-on horror movie where the last for Get Out was sort of uh, existentially t terrifying, I guess. It wasn't <laughs> sort of a horror movie. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, wasn't, I, I it didn't was... find that one scary the, the way that yeah. some people did, but that I felt the yeah. same way about It Follows and a lot of other modern right. horror films that apparently scare some people but don't seem right. to like have this that one effect is, on me. I mean, I wasn't scared by this movie, but there's definitely a lot more jump scares, creepy, fucked up shit in yeah. this movie. There's more Get tension out. in it. As an yeah. exercise in mood and tone, that's where this really succeeds. And I would liken it, though not on quite the same level, to something like Phantasm or Suspiria, where if Jordan Peele didn't try to explain things as much as he does, instead right. of just letting us have more questions, I think it could be up there with those. It's it's a little like how I've never watched the director's cut of Donnie Darko, because it sounds like 
that he explains it too much and it kind of makes the movie fall apart at that point. And I yeah, like it as it is, where it's watch. a weird little just oddity. As, just, so. just as an aside, don't ever watch it because it ruins the movie. Okay. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> no, you're absolutely, what you've heard is absolutely correct. It completely, I was like, I could never watch the director's cut ever again because it's just, yeah, it ruins it. So, but there's a little side of Darn Darko, but yeah. Um, well, it's it's just that that is the the movie's biggest flaw is that it explains itself a little bit too much and in doing so it sort of falls apart in terms of the premise. I like the way it's shot. I like the creepy ideas behind it. I like the touches of humor that aren't as blatant as Get Out. I like right. the cast, especially Winston Duke as the dad, who you may not recognize as the same guy who plays Mbaku, aka Manape, in the Marvel films. And right. Um, it, yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Like he goes into like so many different ideas, and I think that there's he, like the movie can't corral them into a, con- a real connection, and sometimes it just feels like it's just throwing out. Th- and, and I thought Get Out was a more cohesive, making sense movie, but in a certain, that's the only reason why I put this one a little, little below Get Out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, before we get into spoilers, to tell this is not giving anything away that you basically, uh, for people that don't know, this is basically I knew this before I saw the movie. It's based on not based on, but he got the idea for this after watching an old Twilight Zone episode which was called Mirror Image, which people may or may not have seen, which deals with the sense of seeing something in the mirror that is either a doppelganger or a shadow or whatever. And you know, even the movie poster kind of gave it away for this, so it's not like it's a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Just as to kind of ape what Kent said, I, I really enjoyed the cast. I think the cast was fine. I really have no complaints cast-wise with this movie. I think it's a good ensemble cast. And obviously a bad cast would not make this movie work, but it luckily works. Uh, do you want to actually jump into like the spoilers of the real story now? Um, it's one of those things It's kind of hard to talk about this movie without really getting into <laughs> the, uh, the meat of the movie, of obviously which was kind of left hidden on purpose. So sure. um, Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so really when you get down to it, uh, first of all, since we're in spoilers, did the yep. twist ending get you? Uh, not not really. Like It, it did, but it didn't. It, it, I, that's a hap- I know that's a shitty answer, but no, not especially. It didn't get me. Did it get you? I felt like one of those people who figured out that Bruce Willis was dead in the sixth sense really early <laughs> on because I basically figured out what the twist was right yeah. off the bat, like yeah, 15 same. minutes it, it into the movie. It, I, I, didn't fi- I didn't get that early, but by the time they revealed it, I already pretty much figured it was coming, so yeah, yeah I was not surprised now. Not, not in that yeah, sense. I, I kept um, thinking, well, is the twist going to be that there's not a twist, maybe? But no, right. <laughs> it went exactly where I expected it to, and right. because they... At, by the end of the movie, it feels like it's pretty blatant. Well, that's what I was going to say. They, that's what I was about to just say. You just said what I was about to say. They basically, the way it paces out, you know sometimes when you, you're either reading a book or watching TV, like it, it, it almost feels like they're spelling it out for you. I feel like it was a little too heavy-handed that that was, off. like you said, there was really no other way except there was going to be no twist. But like, if there was one, that was going to be the twist. Like, it was pretty blatant, I felt. Not blatant. I mean, blatant is not the good word, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I, 
you could see it coming, kind of. So, no, I was not surprised. I don't actually think I know anyone who was actually, like, really surprised that I've talked to and seen it. But not to say that it's not effective. I just think it wasn't something that – I you know, I know a lot of people that saw The Sixth Sense brought that up. People were, they were always like, oh, my God. But again, that was before the days of the internet and stuff. But still, people were really floored by that, I remember. And But, like, anything that was like, oh, my God, even if I, even if I didn't figure it out, I don't know if I would have been as floored as, like, you know, The Sixth Sense, which looking back at it now, it's not that – witty a twist but in legend it's become this huge thing of you know he's, he's dead he, oh, he's dead <laughs> so. yeah. well it's one of those things where it feels like he kind of included the twist because it had to be there but he just telegraphs it too much that was the word I couldn't think of the word thank you telegraph that was the word I was thinking for the last five minutes in my head but yes it, it's very telegraphed that's exactly what I was trying to say yeah that that's that's it it's unless you're like completely put it out of your mind and not thinking of anything, maybe you'd be surprised, but I, I don't know. I don't know if there's any... I think moviegoers are too sophisticated, and I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm generalizing that. I shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean? But I think for a lot of people that have seen a lot of movies now, are kind of like, oh, I can pro- most people probably could figure it out, I would think. But, I, I would um, certainly hope so, but who knows at this well, point. Well, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not trying to... Uh, we're just smart. No, I'm joking. Um, but, but, yeah, but, but um, it's kind of like... Signs is another good example that I can compare uh, it to because I actually liked Signs quite a bit, even if the yeah. plot itself didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, like yeah, if you think about it, there's some issues. But while I'm watching the movie, I don't necessarily care because it's doing a really good job of keeping me interested in the story. Yeah, there, that's 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 the good thing about this movie. There's not a lot of downtime, and your it keeps you on the edge of your seat to the point where it's not like oh, I'm going. I have time to think about how this doesn't really make sense or connect. You know what I mean? Like that's, mm-hmm. if it was a worse movie, that would be a much more glaring problem, I think. So it kind of, it, it, because he's such a good writer and director, it sort of escapes that trope of that. And I think obviously this proves to me that he, you know, a lot of people were wondering if he was a one hit wonder, like that was his one good movie and like every other movie he was going to make was going to be shitty because, you know, how people say that shit. But I mean, like I said, I don't think it's as good as Get Out, but I definitely it was a, still a very good movie. So again, obviously he's not just a one hit wonder and not just, he didn't just luck into that other Get Out being good. So the idea of the creepy doppelganger thing and expanding that to race and privilege and traits of human traits and all that stuff that it, it connects with. I think he does a good job. It's not just a generic horror movie in a sense of that. It doesn't mean anything. Like it's not just like, well, you go to see Halloween and there's nothing, there's nothing beneath the layer that it's a guy that wants to kill. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there's layers at least, but I don't think it's as get out was really like a big message or this one. I don't think is as, big maybe of a message maybe i'm just not reading into it enough but um yeah i i but i enjoyed it like i said it, it was it was good but i wasn't blown away but i thought it was a fine movie trying to think what else to say i mean it did it did it did fairly well at the box office i think it became number one opening weekend did good <laughs> did did very well i think it's the third best total for a horror film after it in Halloween from last year, so um, so yeah, it, it it it's good, and I mean it got generally good reviews. I know it didn't get as it, good it as... got really good reviews, but a lot of the audience oh, was, was didn't yes. like it. It pissed a lot of the audience off. And the here's the thing: like yeah. I keep saying that if they left out an explanation, it may have pissed some people off, but most of them probably hated the movie anyway. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's the problem with we don't know the critic. They we don't know why they didn't like it. There, there's not a like. Was it just that the the twist, or was it things that bother them besides that? So that's where it's sort of like it, it's hard to say. Like, oh yeah, people didn't like that because. So yeah. It's definitely worth seeing, especially if you like Get Out. If you like horror movies, it's definitely worth seeing. Like I said, the, the the weakest part of it is just the logic and too many ideas for one movie. But at the same time, like you said, it doesn't give you enough time to think about that. So if you kind of go in knowing that, you're not going to be like... Unless you... If you're one of those people that like nitpicks everything, you're probably gonna find out that there's all these things that that don't match up. But unless if you just kind of go in there and look for a good horror movie, you probably will enjoy it. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel. I think. So let's go ahead and move on to our last movie then. Yes, uh, you wanna? You said you wanted what? to say a little something about Shazam. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to say it. I think Shazam is the better of the two Captain Marvel movies. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely. It's not perfect, and I have some issues with it, especially some decisions I don't understand, but as a singular film, there is a lot more good than bad here. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I have a deep appreciation for Captain Marvel, now called Shazam because of the copyright weirdness, but <laughs> the original right. comics are deeply weird and I love them for that even if the art style leaves a lot to be desired in some cases <laughs> but they still had the best costume design ever and I love Cap I love the strange idea behind him I love a lot of his supporting cast I'm a huge Mary Marvel fan who by the way predates Supergirl my prized oh, possession oh, is a piece uh -huh. I commissioned by Darwin Cook who is unfortunately no longer with us of Mary yeah. Marvel because I thought it would just be a great marriage of subject matter and artist. Right. In fact, I'm kind of shocked that he never did anything with the Marvel family because it seemed ah. like material that he would eat up. But Right. I was just thinking the same thing. I was, I was about to say, didn't he? And like, no, that was the guy that did Bone that did uh, yeah, the, Jeff that. Smith did a version. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know, maybe it's just because they weren't Silver Age and that was kind of his era maybe. of choice. Yeah. But uh, regardless, if you want to see why I love that character, read the formerly known as Justice League, and I can't believe it's not Justice League trades, where they oh, kind of have her as this Pollyanna-ish character who confounds <laughs> all the C-list heroes. So, but I, I even just watched that episode of Justice League where Captain Marvel actually morally high-roads Superman, and do you know how many characters can be used to pull that off? It's not many. That's part of what I love about him. So the real question for me here is, do they get the character right, and they get enough of him right? Yeah, I, I like I, I know I don't know as much as you do. I did not read the old old Shazam, but like I grew up on. We're gonna get into comic nerd territory for a second, but like mm -hmm. I remember Jerry Ordway's was it Power of Shazam that, that mm -hmm. was that book that was in the nineties, I think. I remember when he crossed over with if I was reading Superman or or I I know of the character. This is more of the. So in 2011, for people who don't know, they did a reboot of the entire DC universe called The New 52, and Jeff Johns redid Shazam, and this movie is pretty much the story of the first Shazam arc they did that was a backup in Justice League in 2011 or 2012 with Gary Frank and as the artist, and they redesigned did the thing with all the kids and really didn't, they changed it, they changed him and changed him enough so that it wasn't the, and the Dr. Savania stuff is from there. So this is really strongly inspired by that version as opposed to 
the pre-New 52 Shazam. But, like you said, I think there's enough of the character that they get that still feels like the Shazam that anyone would know if they knew the character of Shazam or Captain Marvel, whatever you want to call him. You know what's interesting, Kevin? I'm dumping in just with this because mm-hmm. they never name him in the entire movie. Like, they do all these other names and funny names, but they never give him a name. Well, they, they never... do at the very end, and we could get to that, but that's kind of in the spoiler territory. But oh, all right. Fair um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not as much a fan of the new update of the character that, it, that this is based on, where he's more of a wise-ass teenager right. instead of an yes, earnest that's... kid. And, right. and I also feel like the screw it you'll have to do origin that they slap him on where he's kind of a magic Kyle Rayner doesn't work for him the way it did Green Lantern. Because yeah. uh, the whole point of Captain Marvel or Shazam or whatever is supposed to be that he is this really good kid. Um, so kind of him and Han that to modernize him doesn't feel right to me. I don't know. But yeah. I do think everybody knows the concept at this point. Young Billy Batson is granted magical powers by a wizard, so when he says Shazam, he turns into an adult superhero. Now, here's my number one issue with the movie. Zachary Levi and Angel Asher both have good performances individually, but they don't feel like the same character to me. And I really? Don't know See, I didn't, have, I didn't they, have that issue at all to me. I'm not yeah. saying you're not wrong. I just didn't feel that at all. Like, I didn't. I, because to me, it's like you're supposed to. When he turns into Shazam, he's in the adult body, and it's the same. But I didn't feel like it wasn't the same character. I mean, well, and, he, and that's where it's weird is because Asher feels like he's playing a depressed young adult, while Levi feels more <laughs> like he's actually playing a kid. <laughs> and that's where the disconnect is to me. But yeah, so maybe I think maybe when Angel uh, Asher Angel, I always say Angel Asher. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, I feel, yeah, I think he really is, I, I guarantee, and this is me not knowing anything about the, his background, but I guarantee he was probably handed the trade of the Jeff Johns New 52 uh-huh. Shazam, which they put out in trade, and he probably read it and was like, okay, this is how I'm supposed to act as the, as Billy Bassin because this is how he's betrayed. And I'm sure maybe Zachary Levi, uh, Levi has probably read other stuff, because I feel like there's... The Billy Batson that you rewrite that he plays is pretty much the new 52 Billy Batson. Because the original Billy Batson was very, to the point, I mean, I always remember in the old comics, he just had the black dots for eyes. He didn't have real eyes. Like, so, but in a very a very different type. But, but yeah, I, I didn't think of it that way. But now that you're mentioning it, I'm starting to see more and more what you're talking about. But, I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't, while I was watching the movie, it didn't affect me in the way that, that I mm-hmm. thought they were two different people. But, yeah, he's definitely playing the Jeff Johns revamped version, which is, yeah, he's more of the, I'm a wise-ass, but I still am, in his deep, deep heart, he's still the most morally awesome person that's worthy of the Shazam powers, even though he's not overtly, doesn't look like he should be, which is supposed to be, I guess, the whole twist. But, yeah, and I just think they feel, this is more talking about the comic in for a second, I think they felt that, oh, we need to modernize the character because that doesn't work in this day and age. And I'm not saying they're right or wrong, I'm just saying that I think that was their idea. <laughs> Luckily, the movie has more lightheartedness than the comic. Because if you read the comic of the New 52, it's pretty much like they took all the fun out of Shazam. Which is 
really depressing. But so actually, I think the movie is actually a step up from because I was worried because like if it's based on the New Fifty Two, it's gonna be it. W- it honestly would have been Zack Snyder directing Shazam. That's what it would have been. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, go ahead. I didn't yeah, well, and it's it. funny that you say that because that kind of leads into issue number two, and it's a bit of a. A, a stretch here, so stick yeah. with me. But yeah. uh, I think David Sandberg is a competent director. He's mostly known for making PG thirteen horror films, and I think he brings say. that to bear <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, it's not completely unwelcome, but I do think it gets too dark sometimes. And there's a point about halfway through the movie or so where I have to assume that he saw Venom and he said, "Shit, I can have somebody's head bitten off in a PG thirteen movie. Give me some of that," because it is staged. <laughs> Almost exactly like in Venom, and it should not be in a Shazam film. I'm sorry, but it is too fucking far. Um, and I like the lighter tone here, and the humor works for, work for me for the first, most part, even if it's not what I expect from the character. But it, I didn't even necessarily have an issue with the film being visually darker than it otherwise might be. I, I personally would prefer like a bright Technicolor-style color palette. But I think shooting it this way helps it work better than if they'd have shot it as a flat comedy. But I don't know if I need to compare here with you. Was it my screening or did they film this thing way too dark? Because I couldn't see what was going on part of the time. Really? No, I I had no I had no issues. Um, I actually thought this was the brightest, most like I'm not trying to be that's all I swear to God, I'm just being honest, because to me, I was like, wow, this this movie is so bright and not the usual, even Wonder Woman Aquaman, I felt, where, I mean, Aquaman was CGI bright, but this was, no, I, I, I felt, I don't know if it was what you, where you saw it, but no, it, it to me it was. Okay. Yeah, I, I might want to see it again somewhere else because yeah. the way that I saw it, it was like what people were complaining about with Solo last year. No, week. no, no, this was, this was, to me, I was like, this is finally a DC movie that is bright and funny and reminded me of, a Marvel movie more than any of the other DC movies. Like, even Wonder Woman, the way they filmed it, was pretty dark, even though the movie was good. This was, to me, I mean, the only dark things I can think of were when they were in the, the, the temple. Eternity. But but not, not, not any other parts. Other parts, it was bright as day. Oh, like, so speaking of the Marvel things, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but... Oh, my God, yeah. uh, Have you seen a lot of the comparisons? Yeah, some people are comparing it to Captain Marvel, which makes sense because they're both Captain Marvel, and they came out within a month of each other. But yeah. the other one that I've seen a lot of people compare it to is Spider-Man. And I get a little bit of that because they end it with yeah. very Spider-Man-y credits with the Ramones yeah, but- song. In this case, off of their 1995 Adios Amigos <laughs> album. Um, and and the, the fun credits. With, so that is kind of Spider-Man-ish, but I didn't think the rest of it really had that much in common with Spider-Man no, Homecoming. I agree, because one of my friends was like, oh, dude, do you like that? I heard it's just, I'm hearing a lot of people compare it to Sam Raimi's Spider-Man in my head going like, I didn't get that sense at all. I don't know what huh. movie these people were saying. I did not, I mean, maybe because it was bright and kind of campy, but I didn't compare, I don't see, like you said, the only thing I would say, yeah, the credits reminded me of Spider-Man Homecoming, but not like, anything else to the fact that like oh this reminds me of spider-man maybe because the kid is young and a young superhero but like mm-hmm. uh, the, the Raimi spider-man was old man Tobey Maguire trying to pretend he was he was already out of college when he became spider-man so it wasn't really mm-hmm. like so I don't I don't know but yeah a lot yeah. of people are saying well, Sam plus Raimi's the spider-man movies are Raimi films through and through but 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I guess, and I, so I don't know. I did not see, feel that at all. So I don't know where that's coming from. But yeah, you're not. There's a lot of people that have been saying that. A lot of fans and critics. I don't know where that's coming from. I honestly, I don't, I don't know because I didn't get that sense. Not to say that bad or good. I just did not. I would not be something I would compare it to. Yes, it is the lightest character uh, movie that DC has put out. But I don't think that automatically it makes me think of Spider Man. You know, like so. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't get it. Yeah, but. So. But, yeah. uh, I mean, there there are worse things. Those first two Raimi Spider-Man movies and Homecoming are all really good. But Yeah. Uh, okay, so some of the other things I liked about it, I liked Mark Strong as Savannah, which Savannah was, like, the first Captain Marvel villain, so it makes sense that he's in this. So, His uh, arc reminded me of that Wade Waringo arc from Fantastic Four where Doctor Doom starts practicing sorcery. Yeah, this is straight out of Jeff Johns' New Fifty Two, like to the to the nth degree of ninety nine point nine percent of it is just taken right off the page of that's the new Savanya origin. Now, for people who don't know, Savanya in the original Captain Marvel books or Shazam books, he was like a I want to, do I want to say a midget, but like small, weird looking, uh, basically scientist. mad scientist, right? Pretty much. Am I am I not wrong? Or yeah, or, I mean, he, he looked like he was a cartoon version of a mad scientist from a movie serial. Right. That's what I was just going to say. So this is the new, this is not him as, this is 2011, Dr. Savania. And as, as they've carried on him now, that's what this is. Obviously I'm wondering, do you think originally this was supposed to be where Black Adam, I could have seen it. I mean, they would have had to change stuff, but I could see also they could have done the Black Adam storyline, but it, that would have been too much of just like an anti-Shazam, I think, for it to Which, work. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad that they kind of pushed him off because Captain Marvel, like I said, it's a it was a weird, weird book and his rogues yeah. gallery is also really weird and I love <laughs> him for it. And right. Because you've got Dr. Savannah, which like I said, uh, mad scientist, weirdo. Yeah. You've got Black Adam, who's kind of the anti Captain Marvel. You've right. got uh, Mr. Mind, who we'll get to. He's my <laughs> personal favorite. Captain Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like all sorts of was it, who's the big guys, Who's the big lunky guy that like is the henchman? Who the fuck was that guy's name? I'm sorry, oh, I, I can't I know. even remember. But, but you know who I'm talking about, right? That, when like, they get together, they're the monster society of evil. Yes, thank you. Wow. Yes, exactly. So you see, you're like the freaking human Shazam encyclopedia because I, I knew I could be like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so um, just to kind of give you a little people a more a little more overview, the entire thing of him living in a foster home with all these other kids, all from the new the new origin from the comics. So that they're all from there. I was in, kind of nice to see freaking uh, John Glover as Dr. Svanya's dad because oh, yeah. it was a little too much Lionel Luthor because whenever I see him, I'm just like, it's Lionel Luthor. Like, it was, the way he portrayed the character just felt like Lionel Luthor. But if you so. want a good shit heel father, look no further than John uh, Glover because... <laughs> you know what? It, it works. So, uh, I thought that was... Uh, did you notice the Easter egg from uh, Lights Out? I don't know if you noticed it. Uh, his wife? No, the social worker was the exact same social worker from Lights Out. Oh, like the, well, okay, but, because yeah. his uh, his wife was the doctor who was doing the thing with uh, Sabana towards the beginning. Oh, right! He's also in Lights Out. I didn't get that one. You, you, know, you, you got that one. I didn't, I didn't get that one. I got the social worker one, because I'm like, wait, she, like, oh, wow, that's the she exact She looks familiar. Oh, because she was in Lights Out. Like, she was in the yeah. short film and the movie, so. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, uh, and uh, I I do like the performances by the kids in this, and Mary, who I separate out because Grace Fulton is in her twenties playing an eighteen year old, but they <laughs> managed to make them all feel distinct, which is better than you might expect because right. when you're was, dealing with that many characters, especially right. And again, I'm not. I hate to keep saying I'm repeating myself, but they do get a lot from Jeff Johns. You know, he's an executive producer. They get a lot from his 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 arc, and this is what they're pretty much. Not not scene for scene, but there's a lot. This is one of like where we talked about the Captain Marvel movie. There's pretty much nothing that the, the Marvel Captain Marvel movie. There's nothing in it that's really taken from the comics. This is like 85 percent from that Jeff Johns reboot. Like for the most part, like they took a lot of that. So it's like they had a lot to work with where they just translate to the screen as opposed to we're going to make up our own thing, which I think is a good thing for DC because a lot of times when they've strayed far away from the comics, they've <laughs> had tended to in the last couple of years not had so much success so yes while it's not the old shazam at least they stuck to something to help them guide them which i think where a lot of these characters the kids at least felt that they took them and like okay so they're not completely just like you said it could have easily just been generic darla is very much like she is in the comics who's if you i don't know if you noticed her last name's dudley which is a throwback to the original was it the was it the uncle that was named dudley Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm throwing all this up. You guys, everyone listening to this, I'm like, why? Uncle Marvel. <laughs> Yank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought they had a, they did a good job with the kids that in the, in the foster home, and I was one of the ones on this podcast. I was like, man, I don't think I'm gonna like this movie. I went with pretty low expectations, and I I came out actually really liking it. Like you said, there's a couple things that would have changed, but. With DC's track record right now, this is this is really surprisingly good and effective. And I think, before we get into spoilers, the thing that helped this movie a lot, and I don't know if you feel this way, was the story felt like it was an actual story. There was a beginning and an end and a, mm-hmm. a drama where, like, Aquaman just felt like two hours of, oh, we're going to swim in the ocean and make random jokes and... The, the Marvel, even Captain Marvel, the Marvel one, which I'm going to compare it to, felt like it had no real story. It was just like, oh, we're going to just throw shit together and could be for Avengers. Like this felt like we're really actually whether whether they got it from the comic or not, it felt like they actually had a good story they wanted to tell. And I think that's why it's critically doing so well. And I think a lot of people are enjoying it because it's actually like a story with some drama and funny and mm. it, it works it has Whether, it has some distinct themes yeah yes that's different than just the generic hey we could have just and again whoever cut the trailers i think did a bad job because it made it look like it was just goofy comedy the entire time which again i get they wanted to make sure that people knew it was different than their other movies but at the same time i don't think it really captures the movie effectively because i know i thought the trailers i was like this movie's gonna be terrible so it wasn't until the, the, the review started coming out. I was like, oh, okay. So, right. well, and, right. and Do you mind if we get into spoilers at this point? Because yeah, I kind of want to follow yes, up on what right. you're saying here. Yep. All right. I do think that the ending really does fit the themes they were setting up. So in terms of being a single movie, I think it works. I think it works right. well. It does make me wonder how they proceed from here since they've already announced that they're working on a sequel. Mm-hmm. So that's... Well, that... Uh, that and I don't know why Mary changes into someone who looks enough like her that it took me a while to realize that they changed her. Because in the comics, she just stayed herself, and that would have right. made more sense to me since she's already an adult who's about to start college. 
Um, even even in the new revamp, same thing. So it's like I, I, that was a movie thing. I don't know why they did that. So yeah, it's kind um, of strange. Grown up Darla was hilarious. So that was super <laughs> enjoyable. <laughs> that was nice. Um, uh, but and and I know that you mentioned you didn't even recognize Adam Brody when he showed up because it's been so long since and, you've seen him. And Captain Marvel Junior. or grown up Freddie Freeman, who I yeah I didn't really I saw him in the credits. I was like, wait, that was Adam Brody. And I looked it up on the like Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, oh the, the OC and all that shit was so long ago. I don't fucking mm-hmm. I never watched it. I didn't I haven't seen him anything in years. So I would like, I think the guy looked familiar, but I wasn't like, oh, that's Adam Brody. So, mm-hmm. um, and meanwhile we have uh, as the Wizard Shazam. Digimon Hanzu, who's been in, I feel like, every superhero movie. Because <laughs> he was in Aquaman as the fish, the King Fisherman. He was in Thor. Uh, you know, he's been in, uh, not Thor. He was in, uh, he was in Captain uh, Marvel. Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel. So he's so been he in, both in both Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel movies, which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, he feels like he's been in every, <laughs> he's in like every movie now. But um, yeah, I, 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 it's interesting enough also that Mark Strong, who played Savannah, also played Sinestro. And honestly, he was really good at both characters. Yeah, he, really, he was definitely the... I think he was probably the best part of the Green Lantern movie. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was the only character that actually worked in that movie. <laughs> that felt like the character from the comics. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so let's talk about the thing that both of us freaked out about, and that's Mr. Mind, which <laughs> is... A, so, bear with us. It's a comic book villain that is an, uh, a worm, a sentient worm that can talk. Uh, through through a voice box around his neck. Now, in the late two thousands, they turned him into with Grant Morrison and Mark Wade, and in, in, in not new Fifty Two, but a comic book series called Fifty Two that came out weekly. He was turned into a butterfly and morphed into the Alchemy Multiverse. So hopefully, they're not going that way. I think they're going with the original version of Mister Mind. <laughs> so, but it, so yeah. the people that are like, "What the hell was that at the end in the in the first teaser or the first end credit?" That is Mister Mind. Um, so it looks like they're setting up a team of Savanya and Mr. Mind, maybe. I don't know. The problem with the Black Adam thing that we've talked about, we talked about that character, is Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, was supposed to play him, but I have a feeling that he's they're no way going to want to pay his salary at this point. Well, that was way they're talking about just a separate Black Adam film. Right. And he he was listed as executive producer, but I think because he was originally supposed to be in the Shazam movie that was in development, like, seven years ago before this one is even talked about. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know how he... I don't think he's going to be Black Adam, or if he is, it's not going to be in this universe of movies. So, as we're getting into spoilers, I have to ask you the question that bugged me the most out of this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Would you have wanted Henry Cavill to be Superman at the end of the movie like he was supposed to be? Because the movie ends with Superman showing up at the lunch table, and instead of seeing his face... You just see his head cut off because Henry Cavill refused to do the cameo that he apparently was. It was written for him, and at one point he was going to do. But after the awfulness that was the whole DC expanded universe with Justice League, everything, he was like, "I don't want any part of that." So well, that's why it cuts off the head. Like the official version is that he couldn't fit it into its schedule. So who knows which yeah. it is? But yeah. okay, as far <laughs> as the Superman cameo, yeah, there are a couple of things about that. First of all. I kind of didn't like it because it felt like they were kind of rewarding Freddy for what was really kind of shitty behavior in terms of recklessly trying to one-up those shitty 80s movie bullies with uh, (laughs) trying to force Billy into showing up for lunch as Shazam and then getting mad at him when he doesn't. 
Yeah. Which is all on Freddy. <laughs> And, and then it, that felt like it was a character moment crying out for more resolution as opposed to w- what we get at the end. And the, as far as the actual cameo itself, yeah, if they could have gotten Cavill, great. If they couldn't get him like they couldn't, then they really should have rethought the whole thing and either just cut it or it just... get somebody else. Like loop in, say, in Wonder Woman and get Gal Gadot, because she's actually your franchise anchor at this and point. And she's talking about the movie on Twitter and saying how, so it's like, why couldn't they have just been like, hey, do you have like two hours to come in and film this 30 second scene? Yeah. Or, you know what? Worst case scenario, and I know I'm going to get hatred for this, get the friggin' guy that's playing him on Supergirl and the Arrowverse. Get someone that is playing Superman as opposed to someone who obviously they're not going forward with as Superman. Weird if they use the John Williams theme again, because again, mm-hmm. That's not related to the Superman that they're I don't, I don't know. It's just, well, again, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I get that Superman and Captain Marvel slash Shazam are kind of inextricably linked, not just because of right. the whole lawsuit thing, but in the comics, no, but, they've always been kind of compared yes. and contrasted, and et cetera. Right. But the weird thing where they only show him from the neck down feels yeah. really odd and cheap, and they should have just That's like, why, tried yeah. to get Gal Gadot to come in, or even Jason Momoa, something. Right, because I, 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 the, the crowd kind of didn't know what to make of it. I saw it with, like, they're like, oh, oh. They're just like, it's like, it just looks so weird, because it's just obviously a stand with the head cut off, and it's just like, you're going to do that, like you said. Why even bother doing it if you can't get the actual Because it's like something that Marvel would have done with the actual actor, and people would have freaked uh-huh. out. It's like, they did it, and it's just so it looked like you said cheap. It looked cheap, and it looks like like oh, we couldn't even bother to get anyone to actually want to do it. So yeah. it's just like, and uh, you know, if, and even if you I didn't have the, a Superman, the, that'd be one thing. But I think even the last end credit where they're talking about Aquaman again, I kept expecting Jason Momoa to like show up, and instead it was just like talking about him. And I'm like, so why why is this in there? I thought the last end credit was kind of cheesy with that. Where I don't know, like I got it, but like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why that was in there. It's kind of like, that's a nod. Like, it almost feels like they put it in there because Aquaman was so successful. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, like, oh, well, okay, we know, we know that's going forward, too, so we can we can put that in. Like, yeah, but again, like you said, Wonder Woman is their franchise. It's weird that they didn't... Yeah, I think they mentioned it once in the movie that, of course, there's the battering from Batman and Superman, so it's like, but that... It's weird, because I know I'm getting fucking annoying, but... It's like they want to use parts of the continuity from the move, the universe that's not going forward, really. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's very weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they want to play in that universe, fine. But it's almost like they're not going forward with that universe. So why are they putting so much time into establishing that it's in that universe that they're really, especially Batman and Superman, that they're not no plans for those characters? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. So what did you think of everything else, spoiler-wise? I think we pretty much covered, I don't know what else to... To think of. I'm trying to think. Obviously, the kids all getting powers at the end is from was hinted at in Flashpoint in the which was another whole thing that we're not going to get into. But then finally realized, and now is the current status of Shazam, and they're they all are. You know, I I, I liked it better when it was just Captain Marvel Junior and Mary Marvel. But I'm not I'm not opposed to mm-hmm. having all the kids having being basically superheroes, which is fine. But uh, yeah, I don't really know where they go with this, and like you said, in the in the future, I don't know. At least you have a larger cast to play off of, and it's not just a singular superhero, I guess. The CGI was okay. It was it was borderline. It was better than Venom, but it wasn't much better than Venom's. Yeah, CGI. I liked yeah. Uh, the design of the Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah, which was vo- uh, like one of the voices for them. Apparently, was Spike from Cowboy Bebop, which is it was pretty cool. it was. Yeah, there was a lot of 
voices I felt. I think this one else from another popular. I feel like I don't know. There was another one from another show that, or animated show that I've seen. I don't remember who it was, but it's just very interesting. I did not expect this movie to work, and for what it's worth, it really worked for me. And like I said, for me to say it's better than Captain Marvel, the Marvel movie, I know is like feel like it's like heresy, but like I just felt that. Well, and both of us liked. Captain Marvel. Yes. I, I didn't like it as much as you, but we did both like it. Yeah, so it's I, not like it's we're damning it with faint praise. No, here. but it's just I never thought I'd be like, you know what, this DC movie is going to be, especially Shazam of all movies, because I was just like, I, I was, you know, I was seeing this going, like, oh man, it's kind of three weeks before Avengers, like, what, whatever. And like I said, the trailers didn't, and now the only thing I have to ask you, because we both watched the show, because it somehow took me a lot of the movie sometimes, is I, when I saw Zachary Levi playing this character, sometimes I just heard Chuck and saw Chuck as Shazam <laughs> instead of him just playing Shazam. I watched five seasons of Chuck. That's just like ingrained in my mind of, and the way he acted was kind of very Chuck like. So I was like, okay, maybe yeah, that that, well, that song. I know I I liked Chuck a lot though, so maybe no, it just didn't bother me as much. But it, what you're saying reminds me of a story that I trying to remember where it came from. But apparently, there was a test screening of a few good men, and Ed O'Neill was in it. Yeah, was in the movie, and <laughs> at the test screening, someone just yelled out, "Al Bundy." when he showed up and they ended up cutting him from the movie because of that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, but yeah, overall, a quick question for you, since you are your big fan of Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, on the DC streaming service, they finally put this up. I've never watched it. How Have you ever watched the Shazam TV show from the 70s? I have not. It hadn't really been that readily available. And plus, yeah, that's what I'm say. the this 70s is stuff is so... Uh, All I know with. is he travels around in a bus with the wizard the entire time. Like it's like a, it's like because they were like, oh, it's a Saturday morning kids show, and we have a like low budget, and yeah, it just it looks really ridiculous. But I almost kind of want to watch it now because I'm like, uh, yeah, you're right. It had never. I think this is the first time it's actually been released in any form since it first aired. It was not exactly something that was popular. So obviously DC has put that on their streaming service. So for anyone who have it, check it out. It's probably not good, but <laughs> it's the last real time there's been a real Shazam anything. So, um, but yeah, I so let's go through the show, the movies that we talked about ten and give them ratings. Um, what would you give Dumbo? Uh, Dumbo, two maybe two and a half stars. It it's so ag- aggressively mediocre that. I can't say it's just absolutely terrible. There's a couple of things about it that work, but I can't recommend it. All right. And for us, what do you, what would you give that one? Um, uh, four, 3.5 to four, somewhere in that range. I'd say four. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards the four. I'd say four. I mean, it's a low four for me, but it's still a four. And for Shazam, I'd say a four, 4.5. I liked, yeah. I liked it a lot. I would go like a three and a half to a four. So, yeah, I, I like I, I definitely give it a four. If I give us a four, I got to give Shazam a four. So, so that's that. I think that's the show. I'm trying to think. So, the next time we'll be back with Blockbusters, the next time we come back with Out of the Damned, we will probably be talking. As I look at the calendar, and you can edit this out if you want, because I'm looking at my calendar. What <laughs> will we be talking about? Um, we will be talking about. I think we'll be talking about Avengers. Because, yeah, it will be in four weeks. So, yeah, we'll so be talking we Avengers Endgame. Of the Avengers Endgame, the movie to be 
uh, be, uh, that ends all movies, and obviously on the other end of the spectrum, probably Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about Hellboy. I'm hoping to get um, in Missing Link because I'm a fan of Leica. Okay. I don't know if I'll be seeing I, I doubt I'll be able to catch that, but that's something I'll, I'll leave for you. I'm trying to think if there's anything else coming out, because like you said, it will be a month. Justice League uh-huh. versus Fatal Five. Oh, yeah, we will. I, I will hopefully uh, be. Yeah, that's actually already on the stream, DC streaming service. It came out one up last week. Not watched it yet, but yeah, I will definitely have that. We can talk about that. Um, yeah, so I think that's pretty much what you can look forward to next time. Uh, but we will have an episode of Blockbusters in two weeks, which we will talk about our usual stuff, what we watched, what, you know, trailers, news, and all that kind of stuff. And before we let go, I just want to say, if you do listen to our last episode of Blockbusters, if you have any issues with the audio or editing, it was all on me because I did it. So I'm <laughs> don't, don't, if it sounds different, it's because Brian is a bad editor. No, um, I just, I, the, for whatever reason, the, the audio doesn't come through on Ken's, with, with, from Kent to my side loud enough and I don't not smart enough to figure it out how to fix it yet. So if you ha- it, it sounds a little off it's because I edited it. So I apologize in advance or not in advance and you've probably already listened to it. So I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways, let's do our plugs. You can find us on Facebook at uh, Isle of the Damned. You can find us on Twitter at Isle of the Damned no ED. You can find us on movienoise.com slash Isle and where else? You can find me on Instagram at XanderHires1981. And I believe, what is it, Kent Ramon? Is Kent that... Ramon. Oh, yeah, you finally remembered it. And Team Cheeky Studios for his anima- an- animation, uh, his drawings and art stuff. And my brain is full, so I'm going to let you guys go. Enjoy your weekend and weeks, and we'll set you in two weeks. And I am blabbing, so I'm going to go now. Bye-bye. Write, rate, and subscribe, and send us money. (laughs) That's basically all anybody ever says at the end of these things, right? Marching on and time is still marching on. This day will soon be at an end, and now it's even sooner, and now it's even sooner, and now it's even sooner. This day will soon be at an end, and now it's even sooner, and now it's sooner still. Been and now you're even older, and now you're even older, and now you're.
And that, I think that they missed the point that each of them had, like, one of the powers. Right. As opposed to like, oh, all of a... the powers. So right. he was the strong man. Yep. But they're like, oh, no. He, he, he's like, Jesus Christ. And Freddy yeah. flies and... Uh, Exactly. They all, yeah, exactly. Like, they didn't, they didn't spell it out, but, like, if you didn't know that, yeah, you'd be like, you know, I yeah, don't know. Darla uh, runs fast, and Eugene yep. had the electric stuff, and yep. then, yeah, I guess, uh, I'm, I'm guessing Mary was supposed to be, like, the smart one, but since that's yeah, not very cinematic, they just mostly had her in the background fighting a tentacle monster. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. put that front and center. 